Hi there, guys. Welcome to the first official podcast of Black Moon Radio. My name is Alex Deluki, and I'll be your co-host along with Dale Calderbank. How's it, Dale? Hi. You okay? I'm all right. How are you doing today? What 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 you been up to? Not too not too much. Uh, weather's a bit shit, but okay. <laughs> well, yeah, through that, I've walked my dog, albeit that he got a little bit wet, but uh, I've I've been having a good day. Quite relaxed. Quite relaxed. Um, so. This is obviously our first official launch of the podcast, the first official introduction. So I just wanted to give a quick background on myself and the motivation from my side behind the podcast, and then I'll hand it over to you, and you can just give uh, all the listeners also just a little bit of introduction with regards to yourself and what your motivation is as well. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I'm originally from Cape Town, South Africa. For anybody that isn't familiar with geography, it's a city on the southernmost tip of the African continent. Uh, not long, Africa. Yeah. not Africa then. Not not Africa, South <laughs> Africa. So it's not South of Africa. It's an actual country called South Africa. So, <laughs> funny, funny enough, along with the the traditional picturesque uh, beauty, scenic beaches and mountains, and a land teeming with the uh, diverse wildlife, South Africa is also home to the oldest cave painting in known history. I don't know if you know that. I didn't actually. Uh, not until you told me that the other day. <laughs> so, well, this cave painting had been discovered actually recently in uh, just east of Cape Town in a Bloembos cave, and uh, it's been determined to be at least seventy-three thousand years old. This discovery was actually made in twenty eighteen, so it makes it an extremely recent scientific discovery, which is pretty awesome. Brilliant. Exactly. So, look, this is something we're actually going to delve into on like on future episodes on uh, shamanism uh obviously we're not going to look at that today but i just thought it was quite an interesting fact being uh my birthplace so yeah i like to see myself as a bit of an urban shaman though regardless <laughs> don't tell anyone no i'm just oh, okay. joking in anyway so in terms of my motivation behind the the podcast uh from my side, I've always been fascinated by human history. Uh, I've always been fascinated by ancient civilization, and uh, I feel like there's a lot of clouded history when it comes to our origins. I don't know how you feel about that, but I feel like there's a lot of things that we, I mean, that we know, but we also don't know. And uh, yeah, that's one of my driving forces behind like the continuous search of the truth. I don't know what what, what is your opinion on that one? No, mine's the same. There, uh, there's always so much that we. We don't know. We only scratch the surface off. Like there's, there's so much to learn, so much to hear about. Yeah, yeah. No, well, well, definitely. So, for so-called advanced civilization uh, and evolved species that we call ourselves to only have a very recent history of about seven thousand years, of which of 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 which our understanding is is quite fragmented. Uh, this, this, in my opinion, needs to open the door to some really important and relevant questions on our origins. Uh, Questions such as who are we, where do we come from, and I mean, where are we going? Um, I mean, I, I bet these are questions you ask yourself every day. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so a lot of these questions are answered through traditional archaeology, and uh, a lot of those answers are really evasive. And uh, a lot of the answers we get are simply just to find the logic of that of that time period. And I mean, that's a reoccurring reoccurring theme through throughout history like the i mean they'll do an investigation of a specific site and they'll tell you oh it's one and a half thousand years old or it's two thousand years old and this is a traditional hunter-gatherer society etc etc meanwhile when you actually start looking at the the breakdown of, of of the ruins and and the megalithic structures and and the technology that might even be used in them things we're going to be looking at 
all of a sudden it starts opening the door to the fact that these ancient civilizations seemed far more advanced than what they were. And uh, that's why I said traditional archaeology seems so evasive at times because it doesn't actually point to a direct answer. They always float around the answer, they never actually get to the point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the fact that we see hypothesis replaced by hypothesis every time a new discovery or evidence is unearthed has to make us question the current accepted narrative. Um, as more and more significant discoveries have been made and backed up by revised scientific research, we can easily see that uh, there's been a complete disregard for, for I mean, the, the sort of technology and the sort of uh, background, like, understanding of esoterics. There's a complete disregard for it because it's seen as, like, pseudo-archaeology. And that is, to me, a real driving force as to why I thought this podcast would be an awesome idea so that we could share these sort of opinions and ideas. I don't know if you agree with me on that one. Yeah, definitely. definitely exactly. It's my motivation behind the whole thing as well. Yeah, yeah. So with all that being said, uh, my biggest motivation for doing this podcast is to come together with like-minded individuals, just average people like, uh, well, like you and I, to chat about these subjects with an open dialogue, have fun with it, and just share ideas. Um, we're going to be looking at everything unexplained, and I'll touch on those topics after Dale obviously introduced himself. And yeah, that's it from my side. I'm just going to hand it over to you, Dale. Just tell us about yourself and, and your motivation. Yep, so my name's Dale. Uh, I don't come from a, a, a lovely, picturesque place like South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> I come from the, the shining town of Salford in uh, Greater Manchester. Mm, okay. <laughs> growing up for me, there wasn't a lot of like-minded people, apart from my dad, who actually first got me into these things. He showed me a book called Chariot of the Gods, uh, written by Eric von Daniken. Now, this okay. book was actually published in 1968, so it was a very early book on the whole subject. And I think he was one of the. Eric uh, von Daniken was one of the first people to come out with this ancient, uh, ancient aliens theory. Yeah. So uh, he said, Was God an astronaut? As soon as I read them words, I was like, Okay, right. Okay, <laughs> that's the first time I've heard that. And ever since then, I've been hooked on it and researching things myself and meeting like-minded people like you, Alex, who enjoys the same things. And it's it's not a career choice that I've chosen. It's a hobby. It's something yeah. that I've been interested in. It's something I love talking about. And that's my motivation behind getting together with yourself and doing this. And hopefully getting other people who has had the same beginnings as myself and as you who can go okay although we're not scientists we're not professors we're not any of this that you see on telly we're two normal people who love talking about this sort of stuff yeah that's so my, my main motivation behind everything that we're going to be doing in the in the coming weeks which is going to be amazing definitely well i agree with you that and uh, again like when you were so obviously you just mentioned Sherry to the gods and the, the book was released in the late 60s and uh, the whole ancient alien theory really started hitting like the mainstream media and building up momentum probably in the 90s early 2000s and uh, i mean it took a while but the point is uh when you start looking at it and looking at like obviously the momentum that it's gathered over the years it's really become such a feasible theory to the origins of our so ancient civilization yeah definitely. and uh, I mean, the, the amount of content that, that's out there and, and the amount of evidence, and it's, it's just such an exciting subject. So from my side, it's something I think is going to be really cool to have this sort of open dialogue uh, 
with, with like-minded individuals. And I mean, we're here to learn. We're here to, to have a conversation, to have a laugh, uh, speak about all these different subjects. All, I mean, going from the unexplained to the paranormal, to ancient aliens, to space. And uh, yeah, just, just bounce ideas of each other and, and develop together and like evolve our minds a little bit instead of just stagnating and uh, just living day to day without ever opening like a bit of a Pandora's box and just seeing where it goes. So I'm pretty excited about uh, the, the truth that we're going to uncover in the coming weeks and months. Yeah. And if you do want to laugh, all you need to do is watch uh, the documentary of Chariot of the Gods. Hosted okay. By the legend William Shatner did an amazing <laughs> job. <laughs> I've, I've seen it advertised. I've never yeah. seen it. <laughs> it's one of the best documentaries I've watched. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Well, yeah, so that, that that's it for in terms of the introduction from my side. Uh, and yeah, we, we're going to be moving on and we're going to just be looking at different topics as, as we go forward. So guys, just to start the introduction off, we're going to scratch the surface and throw some numbers at you. The estimated number of stars in our Milky Way is currently 30 billion, okay? Of these 30 billion, 16 billion of these are seen as an acceptable number containing planetary systems. So Dale, I don't know what your understanding of 30 billion is, but uh, I know that when I've read up about the subject before, um, they've said that if you go down to the beach and you look at every individual sand pebble, which is basically almost impossible, that yeah. would be like a visual representation of what a Milky Way would actually be like with all the stars. What is what is your opinion I mean, on that? How do you even comprehend that in size? I mean, <laughs> if you go onto a beach and think about that, if you look at every grain of sand being a star, well, think about the size of stars and the universe. How do you comprehend that size and come on you gotta be daft to think oh there's no other life out there it's only us no it's come it's <laughs> it's be it's mind mind blowing um like you said with every grain of sand on on just one beach alone yeah. and uh i mean when you look at the estimated number and it's growing every day as technology increases all we know there could be trillions upon trillions of stars in the universe uh and there probably is i just our technology just hasn't gotten us there yet and uh it's just absolutely well, mind-blowing. We can only see as far as the observable universe, which is a gigantic oval bubble around us that we can see. Yeah. What's beyond that? So, you know, these are numbers that we know now. But Jesus, there's, there's more. Exactly. <laughs> well, anyway, so let's assume that in these planetary systems, uh, it's possible for at least one planet to orbit in the ecosphere of its own sun. So much like Earth and, and our sun, uh, exactly like that. So basically a carbon copy of like that sort of thing where uh, a planet is able to orbit its own sun. So let's assume only one in a hundred, this is actually happening. This still leaves us with the possibility of 180 million planets that are capable of supporting life. Jeez. <laughs> Crazy, right? It is. It is I mean, I, I really think the whole ancient alien theory is just based on this alone. Uh, that's why I'm throwing these numbers out there and just scratching the surface with it because when you look at the vast numbers, uh, it's basically improbable to think that there is no life out there. I mean, it just wouldn't make sense with the numbers. Just the, the ratio, the proportion of, of, of what is out there would point to the fact that somewhere there has to be some sort of parallel uh, mirror image of, of the way we're living at the moment, but just in, in terms of ancient, ancient of alien life. 
So, um, again, if we narrow that down, and we can do that quite generously by further one in every 100 planets, uh, and we look at those planets, and those planets, if they're able to support life and sustain it, that will still leave us with 1.8 million planets if we choose a further one out of 100. So now we've narrowed it down to 1.8 million, but uh, we've moved that generously down from the initial 30 billion planet well, stars in, in, in the Milky Way. It's just crazy, isn't it? I mean, even when I'm saying the numbers, I'm like confusing myself. I'm like, fuck, what am I speaking? What am I talking about? <laughs> but I just think it's really fitting for like our first, our first like episode, just just to put it out there. So anyone that is listening, this will always be like the trademark from the beginning to say, listen, you know, uh, this is Genesis. This was day one where there was like a hundred billion stars, and eventually we narrowed it down to Earth, so we can understand how insignificant we actually are in the universe, and how there must be something more evolved and advanced out there. Exactly. So, I mean, further down the line, we're going to be going into deep things like ancient aliens and things like that. That sounds like people might be listening and go, "Like <laughs> talk, talking a load of shit." But just close your eyes and think about the numbers. Exactly. That's what it is. Well, exactly. So, so let's go a bit further. Let's go a bit further and assume that only one in every hundred in that 1.8 million that supports life is home to creatures with the same level of intelligence as Homo sapiens, right? This still leaves us with 18,000 planets in our Milky Way that can potentially support intelligent and evolved life forms. So we've literally moved down like the the list of 30 billion to 18,000, and I mean. It's not, I mean, this is 1% of 1% of 1% of what, and we're just going down and we're still sitting on 18,000 potential planets. And this is a generous sort of ratio. This is science giving this to us and going, listen, we'll give you this amount to play with just to show you how impossible it is to assume that we're the only intelligent life forms out there. It's, it, it can't be true like that. This is ever since I first started looking up and thinking about these things. The amount of potential out there is unreal and even saying the numbers and it maybe you don't understand the amount and how many numbers we're talking about it it's just it's it blows my mind when i hear somebody say aliens don't exist oh you're talking yeah, rubbish exactly well to 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 reinforce that theory when you look at the latest count of fixed stars in our galaxy, which stands at 100 billion. So remember initially when I started this little scratch scratch the surface uh, example, I, I used 30 billion, which is a third of that. So the latest count of stars in our galaxy is 100 billion. The probability of life on another planet exponentially will increase, especially in comparison to the modest figure we've just used in this example. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Exactly. So even if we further surmise that of the 18,000 planets that have comparatively similar conditions to that of Earth and the ability to support and sustain life, we still, of that number, we take one in a hundred of that, we only we, we will still be left with 180 planets of that 18,000. And again, that's 1% uh, that would be able to support life as evolved and even more advanced than potentially Homo sapiens. So once we've gone, like using the, these figures and gone 1% of 1% of 1%, we've, we've narrowed it down to basically the smallest percentage we possibly can. We still sit at 180 planets, which is more, more planets that are in our direct solar system, because, 
in fact, you know the, the, the number to that. How, much so, uh, how many planets are actually in our solar system, in, in our direct one, that with the sun and the earth and the... I mean, I know you, you're more advanced in the subject than I am. Yeah, well, it depends on what you call planets. People still think... Well, I know we say Pluto's not a planet. Yeah, yeah. So there would be what's, uh, eight planets. I think it is eight because I know there used yeah. to be nine and then uh, I think it is Pluto, eh? It doesn't count as a planet anymore. Yeah. Well, well if you believe in planet nine as well, so there's... <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a tricky question depending on where we're going yeah. to go. Well, anyway, like, the, let's just say rough number, nine planets. So the fact that when you get to a ballpark figure of 180 planets still that are potentially suitable to support life, as evolved and as advanced as we are, that still shows you the 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 high probable chance that there is life out there, 180 planets. I mean, my mind can't even fathom 180 planets, let alone 10. Uh, no. the fa so, I mean, it's mind-blowing. So, in conclusion with that example that I just used, <laughs> I think it's safe to say it's almost impossible to say that we are alone in the universe, really. Yeah, it's got to be. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, it's a silly thing to say, to me anyway. It's insane. Yeah, so that from my side, that was my little example of scratching the surface uh, with regards to, uh, you know, the, this yeah. podcast we're doing and, and basically just, just to say, you know, like there's one thing we, we do in this podcast and then we're like, oh, you know, we, we totally believe there's this out there and that. But when people actually look at the sheer numbers and, and the vast amount of stars there are in the universe, uh, yeah, that's why I, I used mean, that example. Let me bring us a little bit closer to home. So, yeah. Uh, if you think about what we've got on our planet. So I know you've just been saying about how many planets there is out there. Let's see if there's any examples here at home that you can think of. So straight away, what I can think of is things like the pyramids, uh, the Nazca lines, mm -hmm. uh, there's plenty of things on Earth that can point you in the direction that maybe there is other life out there so let's think about the pyramids okay so we still don't know how they were made there's loads of explanations because yeah. various is out there saying oh they did this so they had giant whips and plenty of slaves yeah um, <laughs> you know there, there is things like that but just think about this right so each stone that built the pyramids weighs up to 5 to 15 tons okay yeah Imagine how many people it would take to just carry one of them. So, to build the pyramids, they would have had to place one stone every 2.5 minutes for 23 years straight, day and night, seven days a week. Yeah. Now, that doesn't sound possible to me. There's one thing. So, the second thing, the height of the pyramids, they would have had to build a ramp. Which yeah. Is, there's loads of people out there saying, yeah, that's how they did it. But there is no evidence of that. There's no remnants of of Iran. Well, uh, just, just, just to even jump into what you just said, even if they're using thousands upon thousands of slaves, um, where are the where are the remains? Because I bet there would have been like thousands, or even just hundreds of slaves that would have died in the process of making these pyramids. Uh, probably dying from exposure uh, of exhaustion. So I mean, yeah. I'm pretty sure they would have found. Uh, I mean, human oh, remains, thousands. Yeah, yeah, thousands thousands of human remains in the sand, along with remnants of a massive uh, ramp. And, yeah. and there's none of that. It literally just looks like the pyramids were put there. And how do you have a building, but around the building, there's no evidence of, of the building ever being erected? It makes yeah. no sense to me, bro. 
it makes no sense at all because there's there is no human remains around there that not in the scale that they should be yeah because as we know about the egyptians and how they treated slaves during that period of time they weren't given food water like they should have been they would have died a lot and for 23 years straight come on yeah um so there's no fragments of a ram there's no fragments of anything like that so how the hell did they do it not only did these stones weigh that much and they would have had to place uh, one every 2.5 minutes for 23 years. Yeah. But there's no mortar. They're put perfectly in alignment. Yeah. All, all three of the geyser pyramids are in alignment with Orion's belt. Mm-hmm. There's so many variables to the pyramids that it can't just be, oh, slaves did it. It yeah. can't be. It, it's daft to think. Um, think about Quebec Tepe. Now, we have archaeologists even today, still uncovering parts of uh, Quebec Tepe. There's so much that is... We've only scratched 5% of what is actually buried. Yeah. If you look at something like Stonehenge, Quebec Tepe is 50 times larger, and it's under a giant sand hill. It's absolutely mind-blowing. It is. And I mean, the science and mathematics that they found already in the construction of... With with the esoterical significance, it's just... It's out of this world, to be honest. There is no way that any sort of community, like ancient civilization, or let's just call it a farmer's community, thousands of years ago, um, would have had any sort of understanding of esoterics and, uh, I mean, just in general, like... Of, of the cosmos, uh, why would they? Why would that be important to them? It wouldn't make sense uh, if exactly. they were in that phase of evolution of just learning to farm and learning to make tools. And uh, I mean, that's what I said earlier on. Uh, when you look at archaeology and like what they present to us, it doesn't add up to the time frame and what the ancients knew in that time frame. Well, there's, there's a lot of things floating around uh, Quebec Tepe that you hear. Yeah. It, it is a time capsule of a civilization that was far beyond what they should have been for the period of time they were alive. 100%. And um, they had the, the capability to cover a city full of sand. Yeah. To preserve it. Like, here we lived, we were here. Don't forget us. That's what it is. <laughs> 100%. And, and the thing is, look, we're going to be touching on that subject a lot in the podcast. So there's going to be loads of content on that. But, um, I mean, again, when you look at the buildings, when you look at the, the hieroglyphs and the inscriptions, um, a lot of it, it, it doesn't tell a story about what was currently happening. It, it tells stories about zodiac alignment. It tells stories about esoterics. Um, almost like it, it's there to communicate with someone that stumbles upon it. What sort of civilization thinks like that um, when, when, when they're busy building something and deciding to leave messages? Why are they thinking in terms of like communicating with maybe future generations? That needs to show, there needs to be an indication of how advanced they possibly were. And uh, just another thing before I forget, um, when you're chatting about the pyramids, don't you think it's interesting that modern day archaeology and modern day engineering, there's probably several, if not quite a few different um, methods and, and there, there's different concepts on and ideas on how the Egyptians built the pyramids. But what I think is funny is that they didn't leave a story as to how they built the pyramids either. Because if you're building such an engineering marvel, 
um, you're going to leave some sort of story and say, listen, this is how we did it. Like, we were so advanced. Because they seem to leave stories of everything else, but they oh, yeah. didn't leave a story as to how they decided to build the pyramids. Then we stumbled upon it later, and then we make an assumption as to how they did it. And the fact that they didn't leave an actual story as to how and why they did it, and we just left in, in the dark about that, kind of, to me, gives a clear indication as to the mysteriousness of it. And and that points again in the direction that this is something otherworldly. Yeah. Well, you would think there'd be something there, wouldn't you? But uh, there's nothing. I mean, they, they leave themselves mummified in uh, the remains of the story of their empire and the story of their life. Yeah. Why wouldn't they leave the story of something so amazing as the pyramids? Makes no sense. And the only way that would make sense is if when the building was done, number one, it was otherworldly. Number two, there was no uh, there was no importance in, in, in the sense that they needed to leave a story behind why it was being built because it was relevant to their advanced civilization. Uh, and it also points to the direction that all the stories that we do see afterwards, like the fact that the mummified remains... Uh, have been found and there was a story of each uh, pharaoh's life means that perhaps these pharaohs and these remains only came far, far after and that the pyramids have probably been even longer than 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 what we've been told do you get what i'm saying yeah. it's almost like i stumble upon this house and i'm like well this is a marvel i have no idea what it's about but because but, but because because i'm hanging around here i decide i'm going to turn this into my my mausoleum when i die and uh, someone comes along and goes well this was built as as a giant burial ground for like King Alex, no, uh, <laughs> there might be an esoterical significance, but that wasn't communicated to me because it wasn't uh, it wasn't important uh, for that because that civilization that that built it, they have come and gone for for some reason, maybe a global cataclysm or, but for some reason, and then I stumble upon it afterwards, and then obviously all the little buildings around there and, and everything that happens uh, can get carbon dated and all of a sudden they turn around and go, oh, well, the pyramids are only a couple of thousand years old. Meanwhile, it's a lot older. They're just not looking deep enough. And that's where pseudo-archaeology comes in, where you have a lot of pseudo-archaeologists that come up with alternate theories about the pyramids, about Quebecli Tepe, about the Aztecs, and they these theories have been dismissed. But obviously with this podcast and the things that we're going to be delving into, we've seen that a lot of these theories have been really taken uh, seriously and backed up now by scientific research. Yeah. Quite crazy. (laughs) A lot of this, we're going to be delving a lot deeper in uh, full episodes on megalithic structures and things like that. So I'm really excited about them ones. Very exciting. Yeah, I cannot wait. Okay, guys, so basically this is just a breakdown of the topics that we're going to be looking into and like a brief overview of what to be expecting in the podcast uh, over the next few weeks and over the next few months. And just to kind of build up like a bit of excitement as to what we're going to be delving into and what's to be expected. So uh, we're going to be looking at ancient aliens, uh, alien abduction, obviously, interdimensional travel and how this correlates to space and basically the universe and how this might work in theory. Connecting the dots with our own modern version of aliens and the folklore of goblins and gremlins and how all of this might might be in fact the same thing. We're gonna look at ghost stories and the paranormal. We're gonna look at famous hauntings, some storytelling on hauntings, unexplained events, demonic possession and disappearances. We'll be looking at doing some field work and checking out some well-known landmarks um, and basically 
a, a lot of this will be part of our interaction that we're going to be putting on social media, Instagram, etc., which is going to be quite exciting. Um, we're going to be looking at Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, we're going to look at this location in the Utah desert. And basically, for anyone that's not sure about what Skin, Skinwalker Ranch is all about, is that it's a location that's synonymous with unexplained phenomena and anomalies and has some of the best cases of very recent irrefutable proof of intervention that cannot be explained by, by the dimension we live in. So that's really going to be an exciting subject, something that I feel really passionate about. We're going to be looking at ancient and modern day shamanism. As I've already uh, uh, explained earlier, I see myself as a bit of an urban shaman. Uh, we're going <laughs> to be looking at altered states of consciousness. We're going to be looking at interdimensional travel and the possibility uh, of this linking up with ancient aliens. So we're going to be looking at how interdimensional travel, space, and uh, all of this kind of coexists. And is it the same thing? Does it like add to, to, to the universe? Uh, does this make time travel possible? We're going to be looking at all this, and this is really going to be exciting. This is going to really help us join the dots. Uh, we're going to be looking at DNA. We're going to look at the universal code of our genetic makeup and the possibility of evolution or intervention, how this ties in with altered states of consciousness, how this all could make sense. Uh, we're going to look at studies done on ayahuasca, ibogaine, and DMT. And yeah, we're going to be looking at the likelihood of a gl uh, global cataclysm that might have occurred about 13,000 years ago, and basically how that might have reshaped the planet as we know it, as well as potentially raising a past civilization. And that is why we sit here like, as a species with amnesia and uh, yeah that's basically from my side the some of the topics we're going to look at i know dale's got a few that he wants to touch on yep so we're looking pretty much anything you yeah. can think of <laughs> we, are, we will look into Just... one point or another like quantum <laughs> physics uh universe and space dimensions uh large it's one of my favorite eh? that's one of my uh, favorite subjects oh yeah, I, yeah. I am looking forward to that one uh the European Organization for Nuclear yeah. Research, CERN. Uh, Antimatter, the Mandela Effect, Humunculuses, uh, Pagan Gods, everything you can think of like, from the Nazi occult. Uh, we will be looking into it and not just telling you facts about these things or telling you what other people have said, but talking about it in our own, I'm actually, our own way. I'm actually, I'm sitting here like opinion, twiddling my fingers when you're saying that because I mean, there are often have you read up about one or two of these subjects or someone's watched a YouTube video about it and it's fun, but it's short and <laughs> you'll watch it for like seven yeah. minutes and be like, okay, that, that's awesome. But to be actually sitting, having a conversation or listening in on the conversation and a nice dialogue about it is exciting because these are subjects that I, I don't know about you, but when, when people bring uh, subjects up like this, I get that warm feeling inside of me and I'm like, oh, information, information. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly so it's going to be so exciting like i said this is just the opportunity to learn uh whoever's listening if they if they know something different or something that we've missed this is not a class test it's about a, a dialogue so it will be awesome if someone could share and uh, just build up like a, a sort of uh, like a new sort of new mindset new way forward where we can just share ideas and and that's what this is all about so i'm so excited for that So Dale, you actually uh, posted a trending topic on Reddit a couple of weeks ago with regards to your ancient alien what-if theory. 
uh, it was actually, I, I know it was trending on, on Reddit. It was actually one of the hot topics. Do you want to actually elaborate on that in, in closing just before before we head out on our first ever introduction so that every, so everyone can hear that opinion? <laughs> yeah, sure. So uh, I this is a theory that I had rattling around my head for a while. I just wanted to get it out there and get people's opinions on it. Yeah. Uh, so it was nothing special. It was just something that I just wanted to know what people thought. So it was a what if theory. Uh, what if the universe is in a continuous loop and there's no end? Think about it like this. Uh, we have a clouded vision of our past and we don't know for sure what happened. It's all speculation. He said, she said, that sort of thing. Uh, what if we've already been lived, died, forgotten, rebuilt? Think of it this way. Most of us, including myself, believe in ancient aliens. What if they were us? So basically, we're looping back on ourselves. Yeah, like we the ancient aliens, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what if we had the technology? I always knew I felt a bit alien. What if we had that technology back then? Yeah. Travel time and space. We had the technology beyond what we do now. Uh, maybe there was a global event that wiped us out. Like, you know, yeah. like, same time as the dinosaurs. That type of global event. Yeah. Uh, or what if we move planets? We become the aliens we see today or we believe today. Yeah, uh, that, that's a scary one, but sometimes I actually, I mean, look at the, the findings out there and some of some of the things that have been uncovered, some of these ancient alien sort of deities and, and even some of the, the cave paintings that they found, it looks like astronauts. And when you think astronauts, you think humans. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, so like, what if the UFO sightings we see today, uh, they're in fact us from the past, we yeah. planets. We, we we know how to travel time and space, and we are seeing them in our knowing of the universe now. We're seeing them as aliens. Yeah, scary um, stuff. Yeah, so it's something I think about often. I hope I'm wrong, to be honest. This means <laughs> it's the possibility we are alone in the universe, which is uh, a possibility that I really wouldn't want to believe. Yeah, well, highly uh, unlikely. Highly yeah. unlikely, but. So what, what are your thoughts on that? So, well, look, it's an interesting theory. Uh, in, in terms of ancient civilization, uh, and like you said, what we might perceive as alien intervention might be basically our very own time traveling future generation. Uh, as cool as it sounds, as you said, Nam, I hope that is not the case, uh, as it kind of points to like a civilization, Grand Dog Day effect, which would suggest there's a sort of creation, then destruction life cycle. So it's like we reach a point of self-actualization as, 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 as basically homo sapiens. And then inadvertently, we actually destroy ourselves and then start the whole process over. And I prefer to lean to a complete other world like sort of intervention, because I mean, like you said, if, if we were these like time travelers going back in time and I mean, it just it would take the whole insignificance of away it will take the whole universal significance away and uh, we'll just be basically we'll be our own greatest enemy <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah it's just uh, then yeah we got we got all of us sitting believing that there's there's something else out there and and this and that meanwhile it's just us <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i tend to i tend to pull away from that theory uh, i think i think it's a cool like alternate way of looking at it but i tend to to pu pull away from it i know that uh there, like you said, there's also other theories where it's like potentially as as the sun might expand, uh, civilization would kind of move to a different planet where life might be more uh, sustainable. 
and if on that planet becomes more sustainable and also starts at point one and then evolves uh it's actually just the human race again and then those people on that planet might be like oh well uh maybe there are aliens out there but it's just the ever migrating human race from planet to planet like an interstellar sort of vibe yep. <laughs> exactly it's a, it's a theory that i hope's not true like i said but like i said it was a theory that wouldn't pass and i just had to get someone else's opinion on it yeah yeah well i think it was really cool uh thanks for sharing that with us uh so yeah so for for our first introduct introductory episode that that's about it uh mm-hmm. In about two weeks' time, we're going to be touching on uh, ancient aliens exclusively, uh, because that's obviously the sort of the godfather of topics. Yeah, that's where <laughs> so, it all begins. Yeah, that's where it all begins. So we're going to be we're going to be dedicating the episode fully onto ancient aliens, where the theory comes from, what it's all about, looking at megalithic and ancient civilizations, and the significance with regards to that theory. Um, and that's what our first episode will be about, and that's going to be released in about two weeks' time. So hopefully everyone that's listened in on the introductions enjoyed it. Uh, obviously got in a bit of a breakdown and understanding on, on what we're going to be about and what we're going to be doing. And just they're just going to be a part of the fun and be a part of the learning process. Thanks for listening, guys. Tune in in two weeks' time to listen to our first official episode and obviously the first episode on ancient aliens. It's been a pleasure and I'm hoping everyone had fun listening in. Cheers. Yep, cheers, everyone. See you later. Thank <laughs> you.